evening. Good to see everyone out this evening. We're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to worship, and to praise you this evening. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Lord, we ask for you to speak to our hearts and give us exactly what we need to hear. Lord, it is good to be in your house. And Lord, we ask that if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get a hymnal. Turn to page uh, 505. Page 505. <coughs>
Okay, let's turn to uh, turn to page number five hundred. Five hundred.
quiet as you're making your way back to your seat. I do appreciate uh, everyone being here tonight. I appreciate all the prayers. And uh, uh, as uh, Miss Christy and I were on vacation, enjoyed our time. Uh, I've had many ask, well, how was the, how was the ocean? It was beautiful. Uh, the water was smooth. I mean, it was probably the smoothest sailing we've ever been on. Um, and I thought, I thought it was going to be a rough ride. Uh, but it was actually very smooth and uh, uh, it was beautiful. The ocean was clear and uh, it, was, it was just a great time. We had so much time uh, just to be with uh, each other. We played, we played games most of the whole time. I mean, that's all we did was sit there and play games. Uh, Brother Kirk asked me, he goes, where's the suntan? And I, we didn't, all we did was relax and play games and uh, didn't do much more than that. So I do appreciate uh, all the prayers and uh, appreciate uh, the men that filled in for us as we were gone. I've heard nothing but good things that, uh, from the messages and uh, from the folks that have said that it's just been, it was just, uh, I think they want me to go more often. So, but uh, uh, I do appreciate the, the, the men that filled in. Uh, Brother Keith said he had such a, a great time here. And he always has liberty preaching and I appreciate him. And then, of course, Brother Danny and uh, Brother Greg wasn't feeling well, so I guess Brother Caleb filled in for him, and then also Brother Adam, and I appreciate these men filling in. Then also uh, uh, Brother Gay came uh, on Sunday, and I heard he had a tremendous message, and I appreciate them. We got to meet with them on Monday evening. Um, when we came back, we got to meet with them, got there about a little after 6, and we didn't. I think we left around 11 o'clock, something like that, and we didn't want to leave then, but we were exhausted, and Miss Christie had to get up and work in the next morning, and so we didn't get to, uh, we, we wanted to stay longer, and they wanted us to. We were having such a good time of fellowship, and uh, it, was, it was such a blessing to get to meet them, and uh, I appreciate uh, Brother Greg and Miss Suzanne uh, hosting them and taking them out for dinner uh, on, the, uh, on Sunday, getting to uh, fellowship with them as well. They enjoyed that. They told me to let you know how much they appreciated that. So, all right. Well, um, I, I do, man, it feels like getting back in the saddle again, you know. I uh, haven't been able to preach for the last few weeks, although we did witness and talk to folks and, and shared our testimony with, uh, with uh, people. And so we praise the Lord for that. Uh, I hope and pray that you've, you've had a, a blessed week already. It's been good to be in God's house and and uh, we're going to continue our character study on David. Uh, I was praying about what the Lord would have us to do, and the uh, Lord still got me here for a reason. I don't know if it's for you or for me, but, uh, or maybe for all of us. Uh, but the character study of David has been such a blessing to me, and uh, um, I hope that it's been an encouragement to you. I'm going to do just a, just a brief overview of what we've been studying for the last few weeks, and on Wednesday evenings, um, on uh, in 1 Samuel 16, we started this series off, and, and we've seen that God always has a man for his plan. Of course, speaking of David, and day, uh, God had day, raised up David to fulfill his plan. And then we've seen later on in chapter 16 that, uh, that God always has a plan for his man. Not only does he have a man for his plan, but he has a plan for his man. God has something for each and every one of us. Uh, we need to remember this. We need to uh, realize this, that God has, even for you, uh, and I use that term man, but woman, man, uh, ladies, gentlemen, uh, however you want to use the term, it's, it's a generic term that uh, God has a plan for each one of us. 
And uh, then we looked in chapter 17, we saw that there is a cause worth uh, standing up for and worth fighting for. And of course, David was standing up for uh, the, the, the God of Israel. And, and he wasn't going to uh, let Goliath talk down God, and he was going to stand up and do what's right. Sometimes we need to just uh, take a, a firm stand on some things. And we've seen that David was willing and able, and, uh, and he did that. And then we've seen later in chapter 17, we looked at the fact that David lived uh, a life of, of faith and not by sight. Folks, we can be steered the wrong way if we look by sight. I mean, there's a lot of things around us that, uh, earthly speaking and humanly speaking, if we look at it, we say, hey, there's no way this can happen. But if we lived our life like that, it's not, uh, the Bible tells us that which is not of faith is sin. And so we'd be living a life of sin if we didn't live by faith. And then we looked in chapter number 18, and we saw this wonderful example of a true friendship, uh, the friendship of David and Jonathan and how they uh, loved each other and they stood with each other. And then uh, we looked at uh, the week right before we left, we looked at the, how David behaved himself, his character, and, and how David behaved himself wisely. As Christians, we need to know that we how to behave ourselves, how to uh, uh, to act and to to live our lives. Well, tonight we're going to finish up chapter number eighteen, and and I've titled the message "Whose Hand Is on Your Life?" Whose hand is on your life? And as we look at the this chapter eighteen, we're going to be in verses fifteen uh, through the end of the chapter there. But by way of introduction, in every human heart. Uh, lies a possibility to desire evil against someone. There is, you say, no, not me, Pastor. There's no way that could ever happen to me. I would never want any harm. Well, next time that someone cuts you off in traffic, I want you to think about what you're thinking. Think about it, because what you're thinking is the same thing I do oftentimes as you're thinking, I hope there's a cop up there. Is that man speed driving you? I hope, I just hope there's a cop up there and he gets exactly what he deserves. Am I the only one? Come on, you bunch of hypocrites. Uh, we, we all think evil at times of, of people, and, and I tell you that we think that way and we, sh we ought not to. Well, not to. It's possible for the old nature, like an like a evil beast, to strike back with vengeance. It's in our nature. It's in our, our, our old nature, not our new man, but in the old nature, the flesh, it wants to rear its ugly head sometimes, and, and vengeance comes out in anger and wrath. Often as we look at the behavior of others, the Lord speaks to us about our own sinful ways. I mean, that's happened to me so many times. I look at someone else and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm the one that needs prayer. I'm the one that's here in need of prayer. And in the last part of chapter 18, there's two men and their characters on display, their behaviors on display here. One of the, Bible, uh, the one the Bible declares behaved himself wisely. Of course, speaking of David, David behaved himself wisely when he came across uh, different occasions. He, uh, the Bible says he behaved himself wisely. On many occasions, the Bible says that. And on the other, uh, the other man talking about Saul behaved himself in an evil fashion, wishing evil and and uh, vengeance upon David. 
We're going to look at both David and Saul tonight and look at their behavior, their character. And we're not only going to see what uh, is happening on this occasion, but we're also going to see what kind of, uh, what happens, what uh, stems from this behavior. What happens from this kind of uh, lack of relationship with the Lord, if you will. One man obviously had the hand of God upon his life had the blessings of God, and, and, and we've seen that in his life. And the other was rejected by the Lord. Please join me in verse 15. It says, Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. And Saul said to David, Behold, my elder daughter Merib, here, her will I give thee to wife, only be thou valiant for me, and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. And David said unto Saul, Who am I, and what is my life, or my father's family in Israel, that I should be the son-in-law of the king, to the king? But it came to pass at the time of Merib, Saul's daughter, should uh, have been given to David, that she was given unto Adarel, the Maholath, to wife. And Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul that, uh, and the thing pleased him. And Saul said, I will give him her, that she may be a snare to him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in uh, the one of the twain. And Saul commanded his servants, saying, Commune with David secretly, and say, Behold, the king hath delight in thee, and all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servants spake those words into the ears of David. And David said, Seemeth it to you a light thing to be the king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed. Now skip down to verse 28. It says, And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michael's daughter, uh, and Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually. Then the princes of the uh, Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be back in the pulpit and just enjoying uh, just preaching your word. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that we uh, Lord, would behave ourselves wisely. Lord, that we would uh, learn from the character of David and the lack of character of Saul. And Lord, as we examine your scriptures tonight, give us exactly what we need. I pray that you would just bless and, and uh, we'll give you all the, uh, the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord desires to teach us uh, things. I, on multiple times, I examine my own life and through... Um, through the scriptures, through trials, through troubles, through situations, God has tried to teach me things. And uh, the question is, are we willing to learn? Do we want to learn from what God is trying to teach us? The problem is not with the teacher. I know uh, sometimes we hear our children come back and they say, well, you know what, the teacher did this and the teacher did that. And the problem's not with 
our teacher. The problem is with the students. Are we willing to learn what God has for us? And as we look at David and Saul, God has something in this story to, te- to teach us. And I hope that and pray that we will all learn uh, the lessons about vengeance and about character and about integrity. Words that uh, aren't uh, not much said about today is integrity and character. Looking at the life of Saul, we notice things that we do not want in our lives as Christians. We don't want some, some of the things that shouldn't be in our lives. But then looking at the character of David, we see uh, the example of some of the things that he'd done and how he behaved himself wisely even when uh, things were, weren't going the way uh, he wanted them to go. The Bible says that he behaved himself wisely. Do you realize that we say very loud and very clearly what we believe about our God by the way we treat others. In 1 John 4.20 says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? We tell people what we believe about God by the way we act uh, about uh, at, uh, at, uh, when others' people uh, affect our lives how we react to the way they affect our lives. See, these two men in the story testify about God and what they believe about God and and what their feelings are for God and and how they responded to each other. Now, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we'll notice again and again, Saul, he said this, he talks about the hand, his hand being upon David. He said, I I don't want my hand to be upon David. And then he makes the, the statement, let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. Not my hand, but and let's 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 make it look or appear that it's the Philistines that have the problem with David. He said, "I, I don't want I don't want my hand. I, I want to, I don't want to appear that my hand is the one that is afflicting David. The one that because everybody loves David. Every David behaved himself wisely, so everybody loved him. You see, or at least Saul didn't want it to appear that." His hand was on him. You see, I, I want, I want the, the he said, I, I want the hand of the Philistines to be upon him. So I, I want him, I want the Philistines to attack him and, and to destroy him. We'll soon find out that neither the hand of Saul nor the hand of the Philistines was upon David, but the hand of Almighty God was upon David. See, you know what I want in my life? I want the hand of God to be upon me. I, I want the hand of God to be upon my life. On occasion, we see people or perhaps we meet people and quickly we recognize, we see, we can, it's evident that God has their hand upon them. I mean, it's evident. If there's uh, something that we could do or have to, to have that blessing or have God's hand upon us, wouldn't we be smart to try to do that? I believe that's exactly what David did. He wanted to behave himself wisely. More than anything else, may our desire, may the desire of our hearts be that God, God's hand be upon us. Now, that takes care of everything else. If we just have God's hand, if we realize it's God's hand that's upon us. Now, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a teacher. To have God's hand upon your life. 
I, matter of fact, I've seen widows and widowers and teenagers, and I've seen young people, and I've seen young couples, and I've witnessed God's hand upon their lives. It's not just set out for, and, and I can say this, not all preachers have God's hand upon their life. See, I was talking to, now let me say this, just because you have God's hand upon your life does not mean that you're not going to have trials or troubles or tribulations. We've got this concept, well, God blessed them, so uh, that's why they didn't have this problem. No, David had all kinds of problems. If you'll examine the stories that was going on in David's life, he had trials. I mean, he had Saul try to kill him on multiple occasions. I mean, there was a lot of trials going on in his life while I was talking to the, uh, the gay family on Monday evening, and uh, Miss Gay was telling me about uh, when her her two children went home to be with the Lord and she said just shortly after a couple months after it was her niece that got in a bad car accident as well and uh, God uh, uh, well the statement was made her her mother Miss Gay's mom said that uh, God was with her her niece and that struck Miss Gay very very wrong she was just like I was sitting there thinking to myself so you're saying that God wasn't with my children? And so she told her mom, she said, Mom, she says, God was just as much with my children, asking, escorting them all the way to heaven. So it doesn't mean that just because we have God's hand or God's blessings on our life does not mean that we're not ever going to have troubles or trials. It, what it, this means is that we have God's peace. We have, God's, we have God's hand. It, it's hard to explain the peace that passes all understanding. You can't explain God's peace. You can't explain God's hand upon your life. We need to understand that it's not exempt from trials. Many times we just think because someone is spared from a tragedy that God was good to them. God is good regardless of the tragedy. Speaking of that, I was thinking about this when I was preparing the message. What happened in Las Vegas? I'm telling you, it was a tragic... I can't condemn it any more than it was a horrific, tragic thing. I mean, just... It was... We, we saw it on the news, and, and it just... I mean, it brought me to tears thinking about what a, a madman had done to all those people. But that doesn't mean that God's not good. God's still good. God's still good regardless of the situation, regardless of this, this, the, what comes across our way. See, we live in a world that denies the very existence of God. Among people who do not, they don't recognize who God is. And, and the thing that is, yet we, as born-again believers, by the Spirit of God, can see through our spiritual eyes when God's hand is upon someone else. It's God's hand that was on David. It wasn't, it wasn't Saul's hand. It wasn't the Philistines' hands. It was God's hand. Can I tell you, whom shall we fear if God be for us? If God be for us, who shall we fear? Let us learn from the example of Saul that it is terrible to desire evil to happen upon anyone. You know, I remember not too long ago reading an article about a man that he wished to. He said that of another man that he would he would spend all he, he would spare no 
uh, no cost. I mean, he would, uh, he would spare no expense to destroy another man's life. This man was a professing Christian and, and wanted harm to come to another professing Christian. I thought to myself, what has happened in this man's heart to cause this man to make that kind of statement? Shortly after, the man that vowed that he would do spare no, no expense to, to have this man destroyed, his testimony, his life destroyed, that man actually died. The man that made this statement died. And that's exactly where we find this story, what has happened. Saul was wanting to destroy David's life. Not just... Uh, uh, but bodily harming, but to kill him even. We read a few weeks ago where he tried to spear him. He threw the javelin and tried to spear David, but God spared him. See, it's simple. Either we have the hand of God on our lives or we don't. There's no middle ground. And if God's hand is on your life, God's hand, if uh, it is God's hand that is on David's life, and it's God's hand that we need to desire to be upon our lives. I'm going to look at three thoughts this evening and we'll have the message. Number one, I want you to notice the foolishness of Saul. Notice his foolishness. If you look there in verse 8, back uh, just a, a few verses back, notice what the Bible says. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more than but my kingdom? The kingdom. Saul's sitting here and he's saying, you know what? He's mad. He's upset because David is getting the praise. David's getting all the, everyone singing, saying, David has killed his ten thousand, Saul his thousands. (coughs) This made him very angry, made him wroth. And it it caused a bitterness to come about his heart. And he's like, what else can he have but my throne? And can I tell you, that's exactly what bitterness will do to us. It comes into our lives, and it's very sneaky, and and we think, oh, but what it does is it destroys, it destroys from within. He was mad, and he tried to kill David himself, but God delivered him from Saul. And Saul had had promised, if we read on to the story, uh, Saul had promised to give David his daughter, and then his daughter that he started to give him, he gave to another man. You read on in this story what happened. And Saul said, I'll I'll give you my other daughter, Michael. And so Saul arranged the wedding in such a fashion that the whole thing he thought would be a snare to David. He was trying to uh, work and finagle and and try to figure it out so he he could snare David, get him in a trap. And if you read the entire story, what had happened in the life of David and what happened with Michael, you'll discover that it, it didn't turn out, she didn't turn out to be a snare to him, but actually she was one that helped deliver David, to help to spare David's life. God once again took care of David. It was God's hand that was upon David. It reminds me of Joseph whenever his brothers, uh, they, they, thought, they thought that Joseph was going to kill, have his brothers killed. Do you remember the story there in Genesis? In Genesis 50 verse 20, notice what it says here. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring it to pass, that is this day, to save much people alive. Saul said, I, 
I'm not going to require a dowry, David. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to give me any money because that's how they, they took wives back then. Is to, and David was saying, I'm a poor man. I can't, I can't give any money. I don't have... I come from a poor family. I don't have anything to give. And, and Saul says, I'm not going to require a dowry. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to have you kill 100 of, the, of my enemies. I want you to kill 100, and I want you to show evidence of it. And, and so David, he goes out, and not only did David kill 100 men, but if you read the story... David went out and took some men with him and he killed 200 men and brought evidence of that. You see, to make a long story short, it was God's hand that was upon David and the foolishness of King Saul that he thought that he could have David killed. See, what the, whole, the whole premise about this was that Saul wanted not his hand to be upon David, but he wanted the Philistines to slay David. So that, that's exactly, he came up with this plan and this scheme. And so David brings the 200 slain, the evidence of the 200 slain. There in verse, uh, 1 Samuel 18, 28, it says, And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. Saul thought, I have tried again, and I've failed. I've tried to kill him myself. I've tried to have the Philistines kill him. There's no killing this man. And Saul had, uh, had planned for the Philistines to kill him, but he failed once again. And after all Saul's fruitless attempts to take the life of David, the Bible says this in, verse, in chapter 26, verse 21. It says this, And then said Saul, I have sinned. Return my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. The foolishness of a king, Saul, to think that he could have, that he could kill David. If you read uh, the closing chapter of 1 Samuel, you'll notice something that's kind of ironic. You'll notice that it wasn't David that was killed by the Philistines, but it was Saul who was killed by the Philistines. Here's a lesson we need to learn. The most foolish thing for us to do as Christians is to wish harm upon another Christian or upon someone else. That's foolishness. You know what the Bible says? It says in Deuteronomy 32, 35, it says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. There's nothing more evil for a child of God than to, for them to wish harm or to try to do harm or hurt to someone else. The intention is like a boomerang. You know what happens to a boomerang? You throw it out and wishing to, and what it does is it comes right back at you. And that's exactly what happens when you or I throw, uh, throw the first blow. When we go out and we try to harm or hurt or wish harm or hurt upon someone else, what it comes back and it comes back and it hurts us. Saul talked to David in 1 Samuel 18, 17. He said, he said to David, he says, I want you to fight the Lord's battles. That's what I want you to do. This man cared nothing about the Lord's battles. He didn't want anything to do with the Lord's battles or the Lord. But he fashioned his, he, he spoke, the, he had the religious talk. He says, hey, I want you to fight the Lord's battles. 
When you and I get something in our heart towards another person that should not be there, we start living a life of hypocrisy. You see, bitterness and jealousy. Notice this. This is something that we need to write down. We need to, we need to get a hold of this, that bitterness and jealousy destroys the vessel in which it is contained. I saw that quote somewhere. I don't remember where I saw it, but bitterness or jealousy destroys the vessel in which it is contained. See, you may get angry with your spouse and try to get even with him or her. The truth of the matter is, is you're going to get hurt yourself. You may get angry or bitter against someone in the church or someone outside the church or someone at the grocery, a family member, a friend, but it, I'm telling you, it's going to hurt you with that bitterness holding it inside you, that anger. It eats you alive. It's like a cancer, someone said, and it destroys the vessel in which it's contained. Whose hand was upon David? It wasn't Saul. It wasn't the Philistines. It was God. Whose hand is upon your life? I want God's hand to be upon my life. King Saul was foolish. He said, I played the fool. But then I want you to notice the faith of a servant. The faith of a servant. Talking about God is not the only way a man can express his faith. You can tell if someone is genuine, a genuine Christian uh, who loves God by the way he talks about other people. If I'm, if I'm going around and I'm talking bad and evil and about other people, that's not going to speak highly about me, and it's not going to speak highly about the God that I serve. See, a man does not have to stand and say, I have faith in God. It's a great thing to say, and he should do it, but he does not have to stand up and say that his faith is in God to demonstrate that he has faith in God. By the way he treats others, by the way he lives and loves others. The Bible says this, by this shall all men, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. You know it's evident in some people, it's evident that God's hand is upon them. Why? Because they have love one for another. You can see it in their life. Do you know the Lord as your personal Savior? If that's so, then we need to live a life that demonstrates that, that shows that, that as we love one another. Uh, I've said this quote before, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And that's, that's a very, very true saying, that our talk, you know, it's not much, but our actions, that's what speaks louder than words. David never sought. Now notice this. David never sought the kingdom of Israel. He never sought it. However, God gave it to him. You see, David never sought to be the son-in-law of the king. But that's what God did for him. See, this is a good lesson for young men and young women. And when I speak to the teenagers, I'm going to tell this. You don't have to go out and find a mate. That's what... Uh, that's what uh, uh, if, if I realized this as a young person, it would have figured, I, I think I would have had the whole world figured out. But, you know, it was when God put Miss Christie in my life that I knew that she was the one. I didn't have to go out searching for a maid, like a, like a scavenger hunt of some sort. God put her in my life. 
See, the Christian demonstrates his faith in God by the way he responds to, to other people, the way he, he reacts when other people uh, come around. If you put God first, he will bring into your life the person that he wants you to have. And this is the way God works. David did not seek to be the son-in-law, but God gave it to him. Do you realize the way we act on the job and around other authorities demonstrates our faith in our God? The way we act, I mean, it, our testimonies, folks, that's something that we don't speak much of today, but our testimonies, it speaks loud. And I'm not just talking about lifestyle Christianity. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's people ought to know that we're different. People ought to see that in our lives that we don't talk the way the world does. We don't live the way the world does. Why? Because we're Christians. And people ought to see that. In Psalm 55, David wrote this about his enemies there in Psalm 55, 16. It says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old. Selah, because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were they drawn swords. Saul secretly told his servants, he says, go tell David. He says, go tell him, I love him. Go tell him. That's the, the talk of the palaces that we love David and all this stuff. His talk was smooth as oil, smooth as butter. And David, you know why Saul didn't go and tell David that? Because David knew. He says, you know what? Saul tried to pin me against the wall. He says, Saul says, he's not going to take my word. You go and tell him. David said his words were smooth like butter and oil, but in reality they were like drawn swords. Then in verse 22 and 23 of Psalm 55 it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Get a hold of that, folks. Get a hold of that. that he will never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. David had faith in God. He had faith in his God. We, are full, we see the foolishness of, God, uh, of Saul and we see the faith of David. But then I want you to notice the last thing. Notice the faithfulness of the Savior. God didn't let David down. David knew that he could trust God. The Lord was faithful to him. If you look there in uh, verse 28 again, it says, And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David, and Saul became David's enemy continually. You know what I see the problem here? You know what the problem with Saul here was? His problem was that he was afraid of David and not of God. If we would have a fear, a righteous fear of God, we won't have to fear man. We can't fear what men will do to us. 
I have this expression marked in my Bible because Saul should have been afraid of God, not David. When people fear God, they, will, they do not fear people. With harm, what harm can people do to me if I'm trusting in God? Folks, if we would just live our lives realizing that, hey, I trust in God. Nothing comes to God by surprise. Nothing surprises God, so nothing's going to happen to me without God ordaining them, without God saying, okay, it's going to be. Nothing will happen to me that God doesn't first allow to happen to me. And those things are to build us, to draw us more like Him. Do you realize that we can live the Christian life with God guiding us, caring for us, and protecting us, and providing for us? We can live that life, that, God, that life of God's hand upon us. The Bible says that when Abraham was down in Egypt, that the king of Egypt said this, we see that the Lord is with you. Then the Bible says that when Joseph was in the house of Potiphar, you know what Potiphar said? He, says, he said this, we see that God is with you. In the day of David, we see the hand of the Lord was with him. Look there in verse 30 and we're closing with this. It says, then the princes of the Philistines went forth and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul so that his name was much set by. David became precious to those servants because God's hand was on his life. Let me ask you once again, whose hand is on your life? I want God's hand upon my life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The question tonight is very simple. Whose hand do you want on your life? Do you want God's hand on your life or do you want finances? Do you want... What, what do you want? I remember the, the story there when God told Solomon. He gave Solomon a choice there. You want, what, what, what one thing do you desire? And he says, I want to rule thy kingdom well. Give me wisdom. God's hand was upon him. Making good choices and good decisions. Trusting in the Lord. I want God's hand upon my life and I think you want that as well. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure if I was to die today. I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. Pastor, would you pray for me, anyone like that? Would you raise your hand? I believe we're all home folk. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't experienced God's hand upon my life. I've not been trusting in him like I should, and I need to, I need to trust in him more. I need to, I need to just, I just need to trust him. Pastor, pray for me. There's some areas in my life I need prayer. Anyone like that, would you raise your hand, anyone? I'm going to ask you as you examine your own life, would you just find a place at the altar, and do business with God as he spoke to you. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, thank you for the great examples of your word, how we can learn from David how to behave ourselves wisely and how to have character and and true godly character and integrity. and Lord, and also in, we can learn from Saul's life that uh, how not to behave and how to live our lives in a, a, in a godly fashion and godly manner. God, help us to be 
Christians that desire your hand upon our lives. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God has spoke to your heart tonight. I'm going to encourage you just to find a place at the altar. God has spoke to you. Would you come? heads are bowed and eyes are closed and I want you to be in an attitude of prayer I would ask that you would remember these prayer requests tonight remember I would ask that you would remember Miss Christie's dad he had surgery on his hand today he had a he fell on Saturday broke his wrist and and uh, had surgery he's doing well but I would ask that you would just remember him in your prayers Dennis Ali Dennis Ali would you remember him in your prayers remember our church remember our church in your prayers as you as you pray throughout the day, remember Putnamville Baptist Church and ask God to continue to have his hand upon our church and, and to uh, guide and direct this preacher and, and to uh, pray for me. I need your prayers and, and uh, pray for our missionaries as we got a new uh, next month is Missions Month. And so would ask that you'd even be praying for missions, um, pray for our missionaries. Pray for Back to Bethlehem. We start here just very soon, and then we'll have, uh, uh, it's the first week of December, we'll be having the, the drama. And uh, remember Back to Bethlehem as we try to minister to those uh, in our community. Maybe someone else have a prayer request. Yes, Brother Adam. Remember Brother Roger Amos in your prayers and discouraged and just a lot of uh, health issues right now. And so you remember Brother Roger. Sounds like Brother Adam's not feeling well tonight. And so you remember him as well. Pray for Miss Evelyn and as, uh, so she don't get sick. And so you remember them in your prayers. It's, I got a good report from uh, Miss Evelyn was telling me about it. I didn't get to talk to Brother Adam, but... She, she told me that uh, one of the students got saved uh, as they were on the mission trip. So we praise the Lord for that. And then uh, I think it was 25. Is that right? 25? 29. Okay, so 29 altogether got saved on this mission, missions trip. So we praise the Lord. And so you pray for uh, the pastor that's in the area there that he's going to be following up. And um, wonderful, wonderful, uh, encouraging words that we heard uh, about 29 being saved, and just remember those folks in your prayers. All right, someone else have a prayer request tonight? Yes, Brother Kirk.
Okay. Lowry Brothers. Okay. You remember these prayer requests tonight? Anyone else? <clears throat> yes. Yes. Remember those affected by the wildfires? for those, the families of those I know that we have been, but praying for those my wife and I have been praying every night about those in Las Vegas and the families and, and such a tragedy and then also just everything that's going on with the hurricanes and the, um, uh, the fires and just a, a threat of wars and I, I, I know this is not a second message, but I, I just believe the Lord's coming soon and uh, we need to be prepared, folks. We need to get our hearts ready. We need to get our, get our, our lives right. And so I would ask that you remember, uh, remember America, remember our leaders. Um, God give them wisdom. All right, anybody else? Brother Phil? Now, a couple of days ago, Father, once again, thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Lord, we do have, we are needy people, Lord, and we have many prayers to, uh, to lift up to you tonight. Lord, we think of the Lowry family and then the other co-workers of Brother Kirk. Lord, we ask that you would just be with each situation. You know the situation better than I. And Lord, I ask that you would intervene upon, uh, upon your will. And, and Lord, we ask that you be with Brother Kirk as he tries to be a witness and a testimony and light at his job, and Lord, I know for others that have that same prayer, and Lord, I pray that you would just be with them and encourage them and help them to have courage to uh, to stand for you and to live for you, and Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with our missionaries as we uh, just have a new, uh, uh, new uh, desire to, uh, to be, uh, to pray for our missionaries, just talking to the gay family and just seeing the needs, and they told me their most important need is prayer. And Lord, we ask that, that we would all have a burden to pray for our missionaries. And as we approach November Missions Month, Lord, we ask that you would just be with each one of our missionaries and just meet their needs spiritually. Lord, that you would meet their needs financially and physically, emotionally. Lord, I ask that you would just intervene upon their behalf. Lord, as they, uh, they don't look at it as they, they are leaving anything. But, Lord, we ask that you would just bless them and be with them, that your hand would be upon them. Lord, I do ask that you be with Brother Roger Amos, Lord, as he's uh, just had a lot of health issues the last uh, for a while now. And, Lord, we ask that you would just give the doctors wisdom. And, Lord, I, uh, I think uh, even beyond their own wisdom, Lord, he needs uh, 
a touch from heaven. And Lord, I ask that you would just touch his body, and Lord, that you would, uh, that his heart would be back in rhythm, and uh, Lord, that you, we know you're the great physician. We thank you, thank you for good doctors and, and for their wisdom, but Lord, we know that you're the great physician and that you can heal. And the doctors would be amazed and astounded, and Lord, that that would be a testimony of your love, your mercy, and your grace upon uh, their, his life. And Lord, I ask that you be a brother Phil as well as he's uh, uh, went in for the stress test. And Lord, I pray that uh, uh, as we know as of right now, everything's going well. And Lord, we pray that you we thank you for that. But Lord, I do ask that you would continue to be upon him. And Lord, I do ask that you would be with our church as we. Try to grow in spirit and, and draw closer to you. You said draw nigh to you and you'll, uh, if we draw nigh to you, you'll draw nigh to us. And Lord, well, that's our desire is to be close to thee. Lord, as we see those tragedies going on with the earth, or for the earthquakes and the hurricanes and the wildfires and uh, the rumors of wars, it just reminds me of, uh, Lord, I believe that your day is approaching. And Lord, I ask that. Lord, that uh, we would be prepared and that we would have a new uh, burden and zeal to see lost saved. And Lord, that we would tell folks uh, about your love and your, your, your grace in their lives. And Lord, that uh, we would be that example, that lighthouse in the dark community. Lord, I do thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for the good testimony we heard uh, from Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn about the 29 souls being saved. Lord, I ask now that... As uh, that's not just that's just a uh, we're praising the Lord that they're saved, but Lord, I pray that uh, the, the pastor in the area will be able to to uh, teach and train them, and that they would be able to reach out and, and see others saved, and Lord, uh, just that Your work would be carried out. Lord, I know there's other many prayer requests tonight, and Lord, I pray that You would just meet each one of them according to Your will and Your way. Lord, I do thank you, Christie's dad. Lord, thank you for getting him through the surgery. Well, would ask that You would continue to be with him. Thank you, Lord. We love you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me give you just a couple of quick announcements as uh, I wanted to remind you of a few things. Uh, of course, on uh, the 20th, Friday, October the 20th, from 6 to 9.30, we're going to have a family fun uh, festival or whatever, harvest festival here at the church. And I'm still working on getting some moonwalks. We want you to invite kids. We want you to invite uh, uh, your friends, your uh, your family members, bring everybody you can. We're going to have a nice uh, um, hot dogs and have a nice time here. You know, we'll do some games and we'll have uh, we'll probably, I'm trying to get the, uh, the hay ride again, the hay wagon, and uh, trying to get some things lined up for that. But I uh, want to encourage you to come to that and spend, if you could spend uh, 10 minutes, come and enjoy uh, the time and invite folks to come out to that. It's going to be an outreach for us. We're going to try to get people to come in, and uh, through that, maybe they, they, they wouldn't step a foot in the church, but using something like this, they may say, hey, I can go to that. And uh, they come in, and they see that Christians aren't so bad. And uh, so you, you get them to come in, and we'll allow the Lord to do the work in their hearts and their lives. And then also, I would ask that you just remember these couple of prayer requests. Remember that next month is our missions month. I don't have, I, I've been praying about it and praying about it, and the Lord didn't give me liberty about having a, uh, a missions conference. It just uh, didn't give me liberty this year. So every, uh, when a missionary is passing through, we're going to, we're going to, uh, my plan uh, is we're going to have them come in, and uh, uh, we may have missionaries every Sunday. 
uh, I'll be preaching, but we'll have missionaries and bringing in the, uh, uh, the prayer requests and things like that. And it's going to be the focus is going to be on missions next month. I want us to have a heart for missions. And so you you uh, be praying about that. And then also as we uh, go into December, remember our Back to Bethlehem. What a great outreach of our church. Uh, it's the talk of the community, really. I, I hear people talk about it all the time. Uh, Miss Gay actually uh, requested that we put it on Facebook Live. I don't know how to do that. I'll talk to Brother Adam about maybe doing that. I don't know how. Uh, but she said, I want to see that. I've been, uh, I've, ever since you guys, I knew about the church and you guys talked about it. I've been wanting to see it live and I haven't been able to. Uh, but she wants to see it. So it's a, really a big thing. You'd be praying about our Back to Bethlehem. Um, and uh, if you want to participate, see Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn. And I know they'll be happy to get you involved. All right, let's go ahead and stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Uh, if you have an offering, just lay it in the offering plate tonight. And uh, thank you for being here. And thank you for your prayers. And it's good to be home. Brother Greg, uh, I know he hasn't been feeling very well. Uh, but sir, would you close us in a word of prayer? Hey, Thank you.